1: This is going to be the episode where Krista and Kelly cough the entire time. Just going to throw that out there right now.
0: (laughs) Cough and (laughs) laugh because I'm like, oh, nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, don't laugh too much because then it triggers the coughing attack. Uh, So today we have Krista Lockwood with us and Krista is from Motherhood Simplified. She teaches decluttering for moms who don't want to be a full-blown minimalist In 2013, her and her husband moved from Alaska to Florida with only one suitcase each, and while she doesn't believe you need to go that extreme, she has been able to master the balance of having enough, but not too much. Krista, thanks for being here.
0: Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you because we talk about similar things, and I found you, I don't even know how, on Instagram, but... I
1: don't don't remember either, but we have so much in common.
0: (laughs) Yeah so
1: you focus more or most on helping moms declutter and while i'm not as laser focused on moms i am a mom now and so it is very prevalent in my own life Um, and for those of you listening who don't know me i'm kelly haller from the tidy rebel and i call myself the organization anti-guru because there is a lot of really bad advice out there about organizing and getting your shit together (laughs) and most of it is rooted in how things look Um, instead of taking a step back and looking at your life and what aligns with your values and what supports the kind of life you want to live. So, uh, we're going to start talking about Krista and Krista. I want to hear about your, your journey of minimalism. Like how did you, you said you fell into minimalism. How do you, how does one fall into minimalism?
0: Well, it was a happy little accident. And so back in 2013, um, my husband and I were, I was born and raised in Alaska. He moved there when he was like six or seven. So basically Mm. raised there. Yes. And, um, he has always been an entrepreneur and one day was like, what would you think if we just moved to a big city? And I was able to dominate my business in a big city. Cause Alaska's total population is like 700,000 people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like nobody does that. That was that was a nice story, and then bold. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it gets bolder. Um, in then about a week later, he had an interview for an opportunity in Florida, and he accepted it on the spot. And they told him, "We'll give you like six weeks to you know get back home and get your stuff in order, get your family, and get down here." And then they changed their mind and said, "We actually need you here next week." What? And, yeah. It was like, if you want the job, you know, we need you next, we need you next week.
1: Super realistic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And so he said, yes. And then I stayed back. And at the time we were still fairly, I mean, we are still pretty young. I think I'll, I'll forever be young, but we were younger. It was almost nine years ago. (laughs) We were really broke and going, bringing your stuff from Alaska to Florida is very expensive. Like Sure.
1: Yeah. more. That's like the furthest you can move across this continent, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So this is very expensive and it didn't make sense to keep stuff in a storage unit that far away. And so I stayed behind it and got rid of all of our stuff and only brought a suitcase of stuff with us each. So we had three kids, one suitcase each, and then we moved to Florida and we rented a house that was fully furnished. Oh, and wow. Got the, yeah. We got the bare minimum, you know, dishes, towels, bedding, and started completely over. And at that time, like, I don't even think I had ever heard the word declutter, right? I never heard the word minimalism or even clutter. Like, I didn't know it was a thing that people did. But what I did experience was life in a completely different way. I went from living in our normal way of life, which was never-ending laundry, never-ending dishes, like always behind, spending, you know, going to work and joking with my coworkers that being at work was the easy part of the day. Going home was hard because it was just full of work for me to do. And as much as I wanted to reconnect with my kids, re-energize, relax, um, you know, have free time, go play. I just couldn't. My nights and weekends were consumed with cleaning up and catching up. And I just accepted and thought that that's what mom life and parenthood was. Yeah. Well, that's the line that's
1: fed to us, right? That that's just how it is.
0: Yeah. And that's how, you know, I grew up. That's how all of my in-laws existed. That's how all of my friends existed. Most of them. Um, so I just didn't know anything. And then when we got to Florida, it was totally different. Uh like I was working more, like I had two jobs to make ends meet because in Alaska mm-hmm. I had a business. I actually had a small preschool, so I had tons of extra toy clutter on to Oh yeah. Life. Oh
1: my god, yeah.
0: yeah. Um <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but it just completely changed. We moved to Florida, had two jobs, was working you know, 6 a.m. to seven at night, but was still coming home on my nights and weekends and was able to relax where I had freedom. Like on the weekends, we could go to the beach and and come home and eat and grocery shop and recharge. And I thought that it was going from Alaska to Florida, going from cold, dark winter to living somewhere sunny by the beach. And it took me about four years and having another baby and then seeing my friends struggle with being in the postpartum phase and the never ending messes and laundry for it to click of like, I just had another baby and my first three kids, I didn't have this experience of it being easy. And it's not because I, you know, it's not because I've mastered the ability to be a mom postpartum. It was because there was less stuff in my house and I could see the comparison between how much stuff we had then with our fourth baby compared to what we had with our first three kids compared to what my friends were dealing with. And I started to put the pieces together of like, that's when everything changed. I didn't get a magical chore chart. I didn't get magical organization bins. I just had less stuff. Um, so that's how I accidentally fell into it. And now that the light bulb clicked, I, I just can't, I can't not tell people about it, you know, or the potential of it. And definitely do not think that the way that we did it, should be what people try to do. <laughs> I don't recommend it. It was, trim- it was pretty traumatic to be I You mean the too.
1: getting rid of everything and yeah. moving across the country part? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. Don't do that. And I don't, I mean, I don't recommend going that extreme at all. I think it worked for my situation. It was one of those things where it was like, that's just the way it worked out for me. And I learned a really powerful lesson mm-hmm. and I never want to have one suitcase of stuff again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause there are things that you would have wanted to take with you. Right that were yeah. meaningful and that you would love to have. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There are, yeah, there are some things that there's one thing that I can think of. I made this blanket for my husband and I didn't bring it. Oh, that's like the one thing I'm like, man, it would have been nice to have that. It's not like, yeah. the thing, but as one thing that I can think of, um, yeah, for the average person, I don't recommend that there is, yeah, a, there's an in between. There's a much more <laughs> yes. rational way to do this and give yourself relief and freedom.
1: There is definitely. It doesn't have to be one extreme or the other. Like you you don't have to just be a minimalism or a maximalist. Right. Um, Also, I, my words are not fully formed today. Minimalist is what I was trying to say.
0: (laughs) I think fluent mom and typo.
1: Mm, Yes. And and also for those of you who haven't caught on, we're both recovering from COVID. So, um, Mm. but we're doing this thing today (laughs) because we're tired of rescheduling.
0: Yeah. Seriously.
1: Also, am I allowed to swear on your show? Yes. I don't. Okay. All right. Yes. I just figured I'd ask that. I didn't Let ask you that fly. before.
0: <laughs> Let it
1: fly. Phew. Okay. I mean, it's not like I'd have a potty mouth, but sometimes it just happens. <clears throat> yes. Um. I have, so my minimalism journey has some similarities to yours, um, but mine was very much on purpose. Um, and I, and Spoiler alert, I am not a minimalist right now, like at all. However, there are some benefits from my journey that I've carried over with me, because as you said, it doesn't have to be like one extreme or the other. So I have always been like super duper, uber organized. Well, not always, but like as a kid, it was a um, coping mechanism that I learned and honed to, to make sense of a very chaotic environment. And so everyone's always known me as the super organized person and when i became an adult and had my own house i was like i had all this space and this freedom to do whatever i wanted and so i just started accumulating things things that i thought were cool things that i thought were valuable because as a kid we didn't have any money and so i had this very like scarcity mindset that if somebody had something to give me for free or for cheap that in my mind was very valuable. I was going to take it whether I needed it or not. And so by the time I was in my mid twenties, my house, like thousand square foot house was full to the brim of so many things that I didn't want or need were not useful to me, but were like very, very, very organized and tidy. And I spent a hundred percent of my energy keeping all of my useless things organized and tidy <laughs> And I hit this point where I just like became so overwhelmed with life and with like not having any real sense of purpose or alignment in my life. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to solve it. I just knew that I was very overwhelmed and very unhappy and I didn't, and I hated all my stuff. (laughs) And I um, stumbled across a blog, which is a very popular one now, this is 20 years later. I won't name it because I it, my my journey is not very much in alignment with it anymore. But it's a minimalism I've blog. Changed. <laughs> I've changed a lot, yes. And like I devoured all of the blog posts about minimalism and like how much uh, freedom minimalism will give you when you clear all of the distractions in your life and all of the things that drain your time and energy and all of the things that don't help you to focus on what you do want to be doing with your life. And I was like, that's it, I'm going to be a minimalist. Like this, this is who I am. This will save me from this life that I hate. And so I like systematically began just getting rid of all of my things. I had a capsule wardrobe, which I'm sure you're familiar with, right? (laughs) I had like three pairs of shoes, you know, a skirt, a couple pairs of jeans, like the bare minimum, and just rotated through this like very small amount of clothing. I got rid of all of the extraneous things like sentimental items, furniture, um, projects that were half finished, um, tubs of keys and things from my grandma that I, you know, thought that maybe one day my kids might want or things like that. Um, everything. I just like went through my entire house and got rid of everything that I did not absolutely need or couldn't part with um, and was left with like a very fresh, clean palette, simple space. So I no longer had a house filled with all of these things that were in alignment with my values. But then after a few months, I started filling it back up with more crap. <laughs> and a year later, I was like, I thought I was a minimalist. How did I fail at this? How did my How is my house full of more crap now? Like I, I am obviously not good at this thing. I don't know why it's not working. And it took me a while to realize it's because I had absolutely no idea what my values were. Like how the things that I was allowing into my house aligned with my values and supported me as a person. I like had zero clarity on that. It was always just like, oh, that's a cool thing. Or as I said, that has a perceived value to me, even though it's not useful, or somebody else tells me that this is what I need in my life and that this will help me um, have a better quality of life. And I just had no way to curate the things that were coming in or that I had the option of of owning or having in my home. So it just kind of all came back. And um, again, very organized and very tidy, but like just more crap that was meaningless to me. And the other thing is that I had this very deep sadness about a lot of things that I had gotten rid of. And I didn't really have a reason for getting rid of them other than this goal to become a minimalist. So I had no way to like, I had no framework for knowing what to get rid of versus what to keep. Like there was just nothing. It was all, it, for me, it was all or nothing. <clears throat> and so I had to take a step back and think about like, well, who am I? Like, what what does support the person that I am? Like, what makes sense to have in my home based on my values and how I want to feel in my home and how I want to be spending my time and energy, not just like what's cool or what seems like it looks good or what the average person has in their home. So it was um, a several year journey for me to figure out like why that wasn't working for me and to have like a lot of regrets about getting rid of a lot of things. And so, so now in my own life and when I'm working with people in their homes as well, it's like, we do, we never start with decluttering. Like decluttering happens after you are clear on what your values are, how your stuff aligns with it and what your goals are for your space in your life. So you have to have like that foundational piece before you can just start, you know, indiscriminately getting rid of things that you're going to regret later or replace with more crap.
0: I've been taking notes because if, if it looks like I'm not paying attention to it, no no I could tell you're writing <laughs> I, always, I always tell people like I'm not not paying attention right I'm taking notes um, so I have a couple questions yeah um, the first one is like how did you find your values because that is one of the things that I talk to moms about too is like you can't just declutter for the sake of decluttering. And I think a lot of times even decluttering and minimalism can become a trend. And yes. Become, like, yeah, I know you, we are so on the same page with this, but it can become just another thing, especially for moms of like, I should do that. Right. I should declutter or I should be more of a minimalist. And if that's your motivation for doing it, it's not going to work. Um, so how did you, can you give like examples of how you, maybe some of your values, I guess, like. And I was, I had this down too. Maybe we can share some things that we both have in our home that if somebody, you know, an outsider was looking in, they would be like, that's not a minimalist, Yeah. but that's not the point for us. So I have a couple things that I can share. Um, but yeah, like what's something that you have in your house that represents your values that wouldn't fit into the imaginary minimalism box?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so I love artwork. I am an artist myself and I absolutely love um, you know, paintings and all medium of artwork. And I have so much artwork. I mean, I have like artwork in storage that doesn't fit on my walls, but that used to at my old house, but I can't get rid of it because someday I might have a new place for it, you know? And it's like, it's very dear to me and I want to put it up somewhere someday, or maybe give it to somebody in a meaningful way. Um, I just have way too much artwork, but I love it. It makes me so happy. And it aligns with my values of one, supporting local artists, and two, um, just art as a way to like bring joy into, into the world. <laughs> so I don't have any blank walls. Uh, if anything, like you can see the wall behind me, I have way too much artwork.
0: Yes, I love, and it, it makes me so happy. <clears throat> okay, I love this conversation with you because we talk about the same things, and I love I love to create art but I get so visually overstimulated and it could be that I have five kids because I don't feel totally. like I was like this.
1: Yes. Well, and that's the thing. Like you might still like artwork, but right yeah. now for you, it's better for your mental health that you don't have art all over the walls. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And part of it too, is because my, my kids right now, like speaking of values, they like to put their artwork on the wall. And <laughs> yes. so like, and And I think, I mean, this is helpful just to kind of talk it out with you. Like, I think that's just where I'm at right now, because I do like dream of the future when I have a house and I try not to wish away my children's childhood. But when I think into the future, yeah, I'm like, it's going to be so nice to have a curated, beautifully decorated home. But right now, as you can see in my back walls, usually those have like sticky notes and like things taped up on on that. Oh my God, this is
1: such a great example, because yes, (laughs) your kid's childhood is going to go by very quickly and you're going to be sad that it's gone but the day is going to come when they are not in the house anymore and those sticky notes and their the handmade kids artwork is not going to be all over the place it's like it's a season of life and every season brings new challenges and new solutions yeah
0: yeah and i and then i have a daughter who's also very creative and she creates canvases and stuff for our walls that are just that we kind of cycle through and so we do have a lot of white space on our walls but it's Kind of revol- it's like a revolving white wall <laughs> of whatever they want to fill it in with, and um, yeah, so this is a fun conversation to kind of help I love me that, solidify, yeah, solidify my values too.
1: Oh, I also was going to answer your other question about how I yeah. figured out what my values were. Um, my pr- journey was very extreme in that after I tried minimalism, it didn't work for me, and my house just became filled up with more crap again. Um, I realized that the reason I hated my life had nothing to do with my stuff. <laughs> and I ended up actually getting divorced, leaving a very um, unhappy, abusive relationship and starting all over, like with nothing. I, like, I left the house to him. I left all this stuff to him. I just walked away from the all of the things that were holding me down. And I started over completely. And that gave me... I mean that was minimalism in a whole new way (laughs) literally i had a duffel bag of stuff and um it just really gave me the space and the freedom to figure out what i wanted to be about and for the first time in my life i sat down and i wrote it all out like what do i want to be about um my life up to that point was all for other people like classic people pleaser taking care of everyone in life. Like I was always the person that everyone came to with all of their problems to solve for them. And while that's okay, because I'm really good at it. I never did anything for myself. You know, I didn't really know what I wanted. (laughs) I didn't really know what was supportive to me because I never sat down to think about what I wanted. So like, I just did so much journaling in that phase of my life to write down, like, what do I want? Who am I? What's supportive to me? Where am I going in life? And what kind of people do I want to surround myself with? And uh, what am I not going to settle for anymore? And um, it's really as simple as that. There's no like magic trick where I could be like, this is what you do to define your values. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I can can say that writing it down, even for somebody like me who has always classically hated writing, writing it down gets it out of your brain and gives you such clarity. So that process I was like, oh, I've been doing all of these things in my life that are so not supportive to what my actual values are. (laughs) None of it aligned.
0: I love to, um, speaking of like just getting clarity on your values, like you really have to just try things and try them in different ways, right? Maybe getting rid of everything and then being like. I didn't like that. Oh, that
1: wasn't the right answer. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Or just journaling. Um, but I really loved what you said about like I used to be a people pleaser and I'm really good at helping people solve their problems. And that's okay. That's actually a really great skill set. Mm-hmm. And you have to balance it by also like pleasing yourself and solving your own problems.
1: Right. Yes. It can't be an either or.
0: Yeah. Okay. So a little less intense of a question. Do I remember correctly? Are you a Virgo? Yeah, (laughs) you are too, right? Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay. I think this might be how we connected on Instagram somehow.
0: (laughs) I think so too. Um, because you mentioned too, like creating order was a coping mechanism for you and I can relate to that too. And I didn't really understand that's what I was doing, you know, until way later, but Mm -hmm. as a kid, that's what I would, you know, I grew up in chaos. I grew up In clutter, and so I would create these spaces that felt good to be in, yeah. Um, because I won't lie, it feels really good to live, you know, in a clutter free space like it does, organized space totally
1: does. Yes,
0: yeah, but it takes up all your time and your energy if it's too much stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask you because I experienced this very intensely too after moving to Florida. You said something about like, you know, I got rid of all of my stuff. And I realized that I wasn't, I still wasn't happy, right? Like I still, something still wasn't right. And I remember so clearly being in Florida without all of our stuff and having this moment of like, oh my gosh, my, my thoughts are so loud right now, louder than they've ever been. And if I had the money <laughs> to be completely honest, if we weren't super broke. I probably would have gone and bought more stuff to fill up our house to, to, silence that voice. Yes. <laughs> <you experience> that.
1: <laughs> oh, I still do. Okay. So at least now I'm self-aware enough to know that when I get the urge to buy things, it is because there is something very out of alignment in my life that has nothing to do with stuff. And I don't want to listen to that. I know that's what it is. Yeah. So I have to resist the urge to go shopping because I know that that's filling the totally wrong void in my life. But yeah, that is, and I think that's pretty typical with a lot of people because we are we live in such a consumerist society that like, it's so much easier to just get something that gives you immediate pleasure and happiness and um, that looks good in your environment. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I have the same problem. Although now I just know that what the real problem is behind that feeling.
0: Yeah, I will say it's a very unique experience kind of like when you go on vacation or when you walk into like a spa and it's like quiet and calm and serene. And you're like, I can like, I can decompress a little bit, but then all of that internal internal clutter comes up and you're like, Oh my gosh, like going to have to too much alone time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that you talk a lot about, um, in your content is, you know, decluttering or minimalism or whatever you want to call it for the sake of resting and for the sake of like not being busy. Because for me, yes, I would, you know, go buy things to fill a void. But I think more for me, the thing, the way that I cope is like giving myself busy work, like giving myself clutter to continue like perpetually just organize and shift around and make look nice and neat is (laughs) take up all of my time and energy.
1: Do you come up with like new projects whenever you find yourself with not enough things to do, like, Oh, I could totally improve this whole part of my house by doing this, 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 and this, and these awesome solutions. But like, it's actually good enough how it is.
0: Yes. And I, that is still my default mode. Like I will still want to jump right into that. And sometimes I do it because it's really, again, like, I'm sure you experience the same thing. It's trial and error, figuring out what's working for you and what's not working for you. And sometimes I really need a creative outlet and sometimes I'm just looking for a (laughs) bandaid. Yes, absolutely.
1: Oh, I I am right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, what you said is, is so right on, like trial and error is so important. And that's one of the reasons why I call myself the anti guru, the organization anti guru, because like, there are no rules, there's no wrong or right way to do it. It's like, whatever works for you and how are you going to know? Unless you try things and see if it works.
0: Learn from us. You don't have to get rid of everything. You can just get rid of like a little bit of stuff.
1: Yeah. See how that feels. (laughs) Try it on. Yeah. Walk around the house. See how good you feel.
0: Yes. Um, Okay. And then I guess the the next thing that I wanted to ask you is you mentioned one of the things that you decluttered were, were like your half finished projects. That was big for me too. Like especially as somebody who is creative Mm -hmm. and likes to create things. I had so many crafts and I love to paint. And so it would be like paintings and canvases and all of the different kinds of things that I can maybe one day make, but I never got to.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Same.
0: I don't know. The mental weight of that I think was very freeing.
1: Yes. I that was probably the hardest part for me because. I like to do projects. I enjoy being creative. And like, I had all these ideas of things I wanted to do and like supplies for them that just needed like one more thing before I could get to it. And like, or people would give me things. Like for instance, I I had an an entire room. Our entire spare bedroom was filled with projects that I was gonna get to someday. Like I had these two huge um, like solid ceramic vases that were like three feet tall that were like beautiful vases that were probably, I don't know, $500 each. Right. So, um, but they had huge cracks in them. And they were like, each one of them was in like a couple or three or four pieces. But I was like, Oh, I'm going to do that thing where, you know, artists will fill it in with like a gold vein where the cracks are. (laughs) And then I'm going to put these in my yard and put some beautiful plants in them. And like those two huge vases sat in our, in, in my spare bedroom for like five years. And it was stuff like that, where I was like, yeah, it would be awesome if I could get to this, but like, I have so many unfinished projects. And every time I I open that room or even just walk by that room, it reminds me of how much I'm not getting done, how much there is still left to do and how I can't rest because there are too many things that I want and need. And I'm expected to do also, because like other people, will give me things and be like, Hey, you should do this. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And so I also felt like, uh, some responsibility to other people to do the things. So it was like this constant weight of things that I were on my to-do list.
0: I love it. And do you find that you're more creative now? Like
1: Hell yeah. Well, that's the thing yeah. is like, I finally just cleared out that whole room. I was like, I don't care what's in here. I'm obviously never going to get to it. And on one hand, it makes me sad that I'm not going to, but on the other hand, like, what could I do with this space instead? And I actually ended up making that room into my office, which is where like that's my creative space. That's where I go to come up with good ideas to it was it became a sanctuary for me for my work and my art. And uh, I mean, yes, I, I actually was at the point then, um, and this was before I had left my ex-husband, that I I felt like I wasn't a creative person anymore. I wasn't capable of being artistic. I didn't have any good ideas. And it turns out I was just burnt out. (laughs) And there were just too many things on my plate and I couldn't keep track of them and juggle them all. But once I got them all, um, once I cleared out the things that weren't supporting me and just allowed the things in that aligned with what I wanted to do, then I was creative again, magically.
0: Magically. Yeah. Yeah the same is true for me. It was like, I went from having a lot of crafts and having a lot of potential creativity to actually like creating things. And one thing that you said too, that I really liked was that you have a lot of artwork that's in storage that you would like to, you know, do something with someday and possibly even give away to people, which I think, I don't want to assume your values, but I think is a, a generosity thing, which is part of what, you know, how I use my art to like, I'll make things and then I don't want to keep them. I just, want to, mm-hmm. I just want to give them away to people. I don't even want to sell them. I would just like to give them to people if anybody likes it. Um, so yeah, and it's nice to be able to actually create rather than have things that maybe one day I could create with.
1: <laughs> right. Well, and the, the thing is, is I'm a maximalist when it comes to artwork, but you, You can't be a maximalist in everything because space is finite and also your energy is finite. So that just means I I am a minimalist in certain other areas that that do drain my time and energy. So it's like there's a balance because you can't have it all at one time. Because if I kept all the artwork and all the kids stuff and all the everything, then I would be overwhelmed (laughs) and spending all of my time trying to stay on top of all the things.
0: And. That is something that you and I talked about too, is that minimalism and decluttering works for some people and it's just not going to work for other people. And that's okay. Totally okay. But then the other thing that I thought was really interesting that we talked about over on Instagram the other day is that you can minimize and declutter certain parts of your home instead of like thinking it has to be all or nothing. Instead, you have to declutter every area of your home. You can if you want to or you can just declutter certain spots that are really draining for you.
1: Yeah. Tell me about how that works for you. Cause you said in your house, you have specific categories of things that you're a minimalist about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think if you, if a stranger walked into my house, they would be like, wow, she doesn't have a lot of those things. And that would be laundry or like clothing. I know for sure. That's one of them dishes. Um, and then to some degree toys and the reason the, yeah, the reason that those laundry dishes and toys are the things that I have not a lot of at all is because I have five kids and in those areas of my life, whether I have a lot or a little, it's going to consume a lot of my time and energy just to manage, you know, stuff for seven people ultimately. Uh, even yeah, if, yeah, I mean, even <laughs> if I'm delegating to them, cause my kids have responsibilities, like I'm still the one that's responsible for holding them responsible. Um, so I have very little dishes. Like we have, we're a family seven and we have a set of 12, you know, plates and bowls. Way less bowls because for whatever reason, they break so fast. Oh
1: yeah, why is that?
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's I'm like, is it my kids or, or is it the bowls? I don't know. But dishes that like, if, when I had a lot of dishes, they never ended. And it allowed me to be complacent because, you know, I would make a meal And I would not have to do them right away because we had more to pull from. And yeah,
1: you have a never ending supply of clean dishes. So why do you ever have to wash them?
0: Exactly. (laughs) And that would work for, you know, three or four meals or however much it was, they would get stacked up. And then I would be watching that slowly pile up in my mind, see that to-do list slowly piling up. Also letting that resentment breed because my husband's not helping me enough in air quotes. He's not helping me enough. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, super fun. And it just wasn't good. And now I just have safeguarded myself essentially from not even being able to happen. Yeah. I have to keep up on the dishes and same with the laundry. Like we have, I have a baseline whenever I see the number, anybody, everybody always gets freaked out. But for my kids, when they're especially when they're little, like my toddlers, I have a baseline of about ten complete outfits for them. Oh yeah, and okay. I've talked, I've talked to my grandma about this. She had five for her kids, and then they don't outfit. really
1: need more than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah. Especially
1: so since for, they grow so fast. Give me a break.
0: Yeah. So for my yeah my toddlers, that's what I you know it's about ten, depending on the season. So mm-hmm. I have make sure we're covered for all the weather. My older kids have more because they do their own laundry now, but like the same was true for clothes if we had endless amounts of clothes to pull from i just wouldn't do the laundry and then we would be living out of laundry baskets i felt like i was never caught up because i never was because i didn't need to be and it was just too much to manage it was just way too much to manage ultimately and i like to share this that i haven't i haven't truly been behind on laundry since we moved from florida or to florida and i don't mean that I don't ever have laundry piles because we do like, because you're humans and you use yeah. clothes <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, we use clothes and you know, somebody gets sick or we have a really busy week with sports or work or whatever. And so it will pile up. But then the key is that I can get caught up in a day. Yeah. I couldn't do that before. Right. I, I, was spending every weekend trying to get caught up and it just never happened. When I do fall behind, I can, I can get caught up up relatively easily to where it doesn't derail my whole life. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's not,
1: but (laughs) no, I, not, it doesn't. I mean, I think probably 90% of women at least, and especially moms can relate to that feeling because when you have a never ending supply of things that are cyclical, like laundry and dishes, then it does feel like your whole life is dedicated to keeping on top of those things. And you can't ever get very far behind if you don't have that many. And those two categories, actually those three categories, I am right there with you. Like those three categories, I will forever be a minimalist because I refuse to be a slave to the laundry or the dishes or the toys.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, same. And with toys, that's another one. I feel like too, like these these essential categories because I've worked with a lot of moms Like, I feel like these are essential categories for moms, but they're also the ones that we're the most resistant to probably because we're, we're just so stuck in it and it's hard to see a different way. And it does feel a little bit scary. Like, I think if somebody would have told me this before we moved to Florida, just declutter some of your dishes, just have less clothes, just give your kids less toys. I, I would have been in the exact same boat as most moms thinking like, well, then we won't have enough. Well, they'll yeah. be doing more laundry. Well, then my kids are going to be bored. They love everything. They're not going to be creative. <laughs> I'm depressed. No, none of which is
1: true. But yeah, how do you help your clients overcome those mindset hurdles?
0: Um the simplest way is to start small and give yourself evidence that you do feel relief by decluttering and nothing bad happens. Right. I think you and I are good examples of. You know, you can have regrets if you go too much too fast, too hard too fast. Yeah. Um you'll will, you'll will survive and you can be okay. But why do that to yourself? So start in bite-sized pieces, give yourself evidence that it works and prove to yourself that it's okay. And also notice all of the good things that do happen. So I, I say sometimes I don't I don't mean it to come across as dismissive. But I I say, just declutter, see what happens. Nothing bad will happen. A lot of good things will happen. And so you can just start to collect basically data for yourself of like, nothing bad did happen. And here's a whole lot of good things that did happen. And if something bad does happen, um, we have like a running joke in our community where every now and then, like once a month, I'll ask everybody like, what's something that you decluttered that you really, really regretted and was a total mistake. And I try to be a little bit dramatic about it because most of the things that we do declutter, and regret most of the time, not all of the time are things that really aren't that big of a deal. When we're thinking about it in our head, we are thinking of the worst case potential scenarios of like, this is a very specific time and event and situation that I would need this. And if I don't have it, it feels like it's going to be a disaster. And in reality, it's totally fine. Yes. (laughs) It's totally fine. (laughs) Yeah. You get creative, you get resourceful you use it one of the things that i love about it is you use it as an opportunity to connect with your community by asking on a buy nothing group or asking your neighbor yes you know, things like that so so many good things happen when you do yeah. declutter and simplify there very, are definitely
1: some things i decluttered that i had a really hard time and it felt scary uh back when i was becoming a minimalist and one of them was like um kitchen stuff or cooking stuff like crock pots and you know things that I would use like once a year every few months I was like but when it came down to it and I didn't realize this until later but when it came down to it what I was afraid of was disappointing other people not because not because I needed the crock pot but like if our church was going to have a potluck and somebody needed to, me to make a specific dish and I needed a crock pot for it what was I going to do everyone would be so disappointed <laughs> <laughs> which when i say out loud now sounds ridiculous but that I'm really was glad that you
0: shared that cuz that's so that's so relatable and those are yeah. the kinds of things that i encourage people i have a just in case workshop i encourage people to say it out loud and not to like feel bad about yourself or to like make yourself feel ashamed but to say it out loud and be like is that true like is that true like would people actually think that would something and here this is a funny one that happened. Like the very first day I started motherhood simplified, somebody was like, I have nine bottles of half open Neosporins and I'm terrified to get rid of them because what if we need them? And I jokingly and lovingly told her, like, if you ever have a need for nine bottles of half open Neosporin, you need a doctor. You don't need those. Exactly.
1: (laughs) If there is a true emergency, you are going to need a professional. Whatever yeah. the true emergency is, like not having the right dish at a potluck is not an emergency.
0: <laughs> right. I've never seen anybody being like that nine bottles of neosporin saved my arm. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so grateful I had that.
1: <laughs> That's a really good um, exercise to say it out loud and bounce it off of somebody because it does. A lot of things are pretty ridiculous, but we justify them in our minds. Then it's the scarcity mindset that we're not going to be okay if we don't have all of all of the backup plans and the backup plans of the backup plans.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes if we, if we say it out loud, it sounds different because when we're in our own thoughts, we're just, you don't, you don't get the message. Like there when we left from Alaska to Florida and I'm like paring down our stuff, knowing logically that I can only bring what fits into our suitcase. I had a bedroom blocked off of that was full of stuff that I was convinced would fit into our suitcase. The most hilarious one was a food processor that I was like, you know, I have, I know, very limited (laughs) space in these suitcases. My kids need clothes. I would like to bring them some toys. And I'm like trying to fit this food processor in there that I I didn't ever even use. But I'm like, I have friends that make amazing salsa and food processors. I want it. Yeah. So I can and like those are things that I didn't say out loud to myself when I was doing that. But like in hindsight, that was such a clear memory that Mm -hmm. I laugh about. I'm like, I was really trying to justify bringing a food processor in my suitcase from Alaska to Florida when I could get one on Goodwill, you know, at like Goodwill or on a buy nothing group. Just ask for it. Just borrow one. Just like make it in yeah. or anything else. Or just
1: and- use the knives that are in your fully furnished house <laughs> right. to chop things.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, it's just funny the thing, the ways that we justify things and it feels in our minds dire feels essential feels like
1: yeah it's also very individualistic it's like we need to have all the things to take care of ourselves instead of we don't have to have all of the things we can ask for help when we need it we can ask our neighbors to borrow things and that's actually a really good way to to cultivate community is by not having all of the things and the backup plans because other people can help you
0: yeah. It, and yeah, it opens up that space for them. And even when it comes to like inviting people over, like that was one of the things too. I'm like, well, if I host people and I don't have like table runners or these like holiday dish things that I truly don't care about, <laughs> what are people going to think of me? They're not going to feel, they're not going to feel invited into my home. They're not going to feel cozy, which is not true at all. Like people are coming to see you and right. you give that feeling, not A platter. That's the word I was thinking, like holiday platters. Oh yeah. I'm like, why would, why? I don't want those. I used to feel like I needed to have them and I just don't want them.
1: I think that's a very Virgo thing as well. Like I have this idea that when I'm going to have people over or have a party, it needs to be the most, right? Yeah. (laughs) It can't just be A casual dinner with friends, or it can't just be like a brunch or whatever. Like, it needs to, I have to have all the things. And I don't feel that way anymore. That's been like something I've had to consciously work through throughout my life. But I used to feel that way. Like, if I was going to bother having people over, it was going to be impressive. Yeah.
0: I think that's a good point, too. So, kind of like on the other end of what we're talking about, like minimalism and decluttering doesn't work for everyone. And it might not work in every space of your house. Like, I have a good friend who, loves to host like all of her parties. She's got like 50, she invites like 50 people. She makes gift bags for everybody. Like it's like a whole production and she loves it so much. And I just look at it all. I'm like, this is my night. This is my nightmare. That's the differentiator though. She loves it. Whereas
1: I just felt like I had to, like that was expected. I didn't love it. I don't love it.
0: (laughs) I don't love it either. I remember for my first daughter's first birthday, my sister-in-law asked me what the theme and color was so that she could match the wrapping paper to it. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. And then all of a sudden was like, had this pressure of like, I have to have a theme, like mm-hmm. you're coming dressed to match my theme. It doesn't exist. The theme is, it's a birth. The theme is happy birthday. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> that's what I tell my kids all the time now too. I'm like, the theme for your birthday is happy birthday. Like that's it. Thank you. Yes. But, but for the people who do love it, declutter other areas of your home and your life so that you can enjoy those things like all out full, whatever it is for you. Yes. I enjoy doing nothing. I'm, I declutter because I'm lazy.
1: (laughs) Well, that's actually a good point. Like, okay, you have five kids. It's not because you are lazy. It is because your energy is funneled into more important things. Yeah. So you don't have the luxury of you know just being able to spend your energy and time and space on whatever you want to. Yeah. It's I, I,
0: I want to use it for a nap.
1: Yes, and that's what you should be doing because that's way more important.
0: Yeah, that's why I love your posts. I'm like, ah, oh, permission to take naps. I love yeah, it. Yes. Permission to not fold the clothes. I love it.
1: Yeah. Well, though that that's a big thing I think for a lot of people is the laundry. Like, yeah, most laundry systems get caught up on the putting away. Like it just stays in clean piles. Like, and if it's not going to get folded and it's in a pile, then don't fold it and put it in the drawer. So it's not in a pile anymore. It doesn't have to be folded.
0: (laughs) Here's a pro tip from my grandma, everybody. She says that they used to have to fold and hang their clothes because back when she had children, and this is kind of a sad thing too, clothes were made out of natural fibers, cotton, things that wrinkled easily. 99% of our clothes now are some sort of synthetic fabric they don't wrinkle so she's like throw them in the drawer Krista you don't have to iron them they're not going to get wrinkly they're like polyester or whatever anyway like well and don't
1: you end up just throwing them into the dryer for five minutes to de-wrinkle them before you wear them anyway regardless
0: yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) she's like nobody cares the fabric's changed I guess she's um she majored in fashion and textiles. So that was one of the reasons that they started, you know, making honestly poor quality clothing was, it was simpler for people. They could have more without having to manage it more than they could sell more. And here we are.
1: (laughs) Yes. And here we are. And fast fashion is, that's actually a really good point in all of this is that a a lot of the reason why it seems so scary to let go of clothes and dishes and toys and all the things is because we are directly marketed to, to make us feel like it's not okay to not have all the things. It's not just by accident. It's not a personal failing. It is our entire society is conditioned by marketing to make us feel like it's not safe to not have all the things.
0: And I remember that feeling too. And I always try to acknowledge it in people that you Not only do you get used to seeing like easy access to anything you could ever dream of right in front of you when you go to the stores, like shelves full of food, shelves full of it's still a fresh wound, toilet paper, right? When it wasn't there, we all freaked out. Yeah. And the same happens in your home. It happened to me. It was like, I was used to having all of this stuff around me. And then when it left. I was terrified because I was used to having it around. But when I got to Florida and my kids only had a suitcase of clothes, it was still enough.
1: You realize we, you didn't actually need it, that you were okay. Yeah,
0: but it was, t- yeah, but it was totally scary because you get used to it being around you. Mm-hmm. And when you're used to it being around you in your head, you're using it all, especially with toys. Like we say that a lot with our kids. It's like, I would declutter their toys, but they literally play with all of it. And then- I encourage moms to say, you know, like sit back and watch them for a week and notice what they're truly playing with. Cause the truth is they're probably pushing it around. They're probably dumping it out and digging for their favorite thing. Mm-hmm. They're probably not actually playing with it. They're just around it. And if you can see that you'll notice it in the other areas of your life too. Like you're probably not using all of the stuff in your kitchen. You're just used to being around it. And we, we think we're using it. We we confuse that with using it. That's Yeah. yeah. Or also
1: if you didn't have it in the first place, you wouldn't miss it probably. Right. It's the same thing for kids. If you don't get them all the things in the first place, they're not going to miss them.
0: Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I had another question for you, but I don't remember. (laughs) Oh, I do remember. Um, and maybe to kind of wrap it up too, but what made you want to start sharing everything you've learned with other people and helping them get on their way.
1: Oh, um well, I had a baby. <laughs> and although I've always been this person and I have always helped people organize their homes, it wasn't a business for me until I had a baby and I could not juggle my corporate job and taking care of myself and taking care of a baby. And then the pandemic hit and it like put everything under a magnifying glass. And my son turned one right when the pandemic started. And I had known already for a year, a year that I couldn't keep existing the way that I was existing because my, the job that I had at the time was very demanding. And I was working you know 60 hours a week and still not getting everything done and not taking care of myself. Like I was falling to pieces and I just knew something had to give. And I also knew that no matter where I went, I would have the same problem, like no matter what job I had, I was always going to have that same problem, not being able to take care of myself and a baby and do my job. Like one of those three things was always going to have to fall by the wayside. And so I came to the conclusion that I needed to work for myself, but I didn't know what that looked like until the pandemic hit And then everybody started asking me for help with their homes because they were there a hundred percent of the time with all of their kids and all of their things. And it was complete chaos. And it suddenly hit me. Why am I not doing this for a a full-time job? Like why, why didn't this occur to me before? And in my mind, it was just that this is something I enjoy doing so much. And that is so near and dear to my heart that of course I can't do it for a job. (laughs) And when I, that finally occurred to me, I was just like, well, duh. Okay. I guess I can quit my other job now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. I was going to say, like, just based on what you were saying, what did you say? You said, I knew that if I went somewhere else, I would have the same problem. And I just want to tell you as a self-proclaimed rebel as well, I've told myself that before too, with jobs that I've had in the past, I'm like, I could go get a different job and it's going to be the same problem absolutely it's not going to work (laughs)
1: because corporate america is not set up to support motherhood specifically and also it's just not set up to have any balance it's all about you know your life revolves around your job and that's the most important thing and if you're not doing your job then you're in trouble and taking care of yourself comes second yeah and that's actually that is a big thing Um, that's one of my, my foundational values in my business. And is that if you have a home that aligns with your values and supports who you want to be, then you can help change the system because you will have more energy and more focus and more time on your hands for the more important things. And you're not spending all of your time and energy, like doing laundry and folding socks, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or just not doing anything because you're so drained by your environment. So that's actually the whole point. I don't actually care how tidy somebody's house is. That's not the point. Yeah. That's just like a tool to help you um fuck the system, essentially.
0: Yes. That's such a great ending. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I want to hear Thank how you. how did you get here? Because you said that this wasn't something that you consciously did. Oh, yeah. So at what point did you decide I'm going to help other moms? Uh, figure this
0: out. So I got pregnant in 2017 with our fourth baby. And on Facebook, I joined a thing called a due date group, which is just a whole bunch of moms who are pregnant at the, and do it at the same time or like within the same month ish of each other. And we all got to know each other. It was the f- the first time I realized that I have a good skill and natural ability to create communities. And so I helped facilitate that around the pregnancy. And then once we had our babies, we were in the Facebook group and we did this thing called house tours where we would go live and show each other our houses. Oh, fun. Yeah. (laughs) But scary. Yes. Yeah. And then when it got to be my turn, all of my friends in that group were like, hold on a second. Like, how did you just have a baby? where's all of her stuff. Right. And it's not like my house is empty, but they're like, no, really like, where's your laundry piles? Like, why isn't there a pile of laundry on your couch? Like everybody else, like, did you stage this? Did you prepare for three days before you showed us your house? Um, and I, I was kind of surprised by it because I didn't expect it. Cause I didn't notice everybody else's house. You know, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, they're drowning in laundry. They're drowning in dishes, but they yeah. noticed and they were like, why aren't you Drowning in laundry and dishes. And I didn't fully understand either until they started asking me questions and they're like, where are their clothes? Where are the, like, where's the toy piles? Where are the never ending dishes? Where are all the piles of stuff on your stairs? And I was like, I, I used to have that, but then when we moved, we didn't have it anymore. And so I just asked them, like, do you want me to tell you, like, this is what happened. Obviously, you can't do that. Would it be helpful for you if I showed you how to do it and showed you proof that you can have less and this is how you get out from under it? And then they would just ask me questions. I opened up a separate, a separate Facebook group for it. And it was really me just them asking questions about what to get rid of and how and me giving them answers and doing that over and over and over again. until. Yeah, until it built a community, until I created free challenges based off of their questions, which are now paid courses, which I would go live in the Facebook group and they would be like, where's that video you did the other day? And then I couldn't find it. And so then I created a podcast so that they're easier to find.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. That's and that's yeah. so organic too. It's not, it's it's really just interesting how so many people don't realize like the value and the skill that's right in front of our faces until somebody like says, how do you do that?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it was really, it was really exciting too, because at that point, um, I'm a teacher by trade Montessori teacher and was burnt out from that. And so decided to go help my husband run his business, which was a different kind of burnout. You know, it was nice to have a change, but it ultimately wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't my passion. And so once, you know, my friends started asking me those questions and I started, you know, answering it and piecing together what had actually happened, you know, within the walls of our homes to make it less overwhelming for me as a mom. I was like, I've found my thing. Like, I just like never thought that this is what I would be doing. Um, but it's, it's the thing it's, and it's like you mentioned, like ever since I was a kid, I've been, I remember my parents going to work and me throwing things away. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that myself. too. Yeah. Myself be like, we don't even have all of the pieces to this game uh-huh. I'm throwing it away. Um, or, you know, organizing closets or spice cabinets and things like that. While everybody was gone likely for a sense of control, but also because I've got a skill set in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, the thing that I always tell my clients is that this is a skill set that, you know, you and I have honed over years and decades, But like, it's easy for anyone to learn because there's no wrong way to do it. And we, we know like all the creative solutions and like all the maybe best practices, but literally anyone can, can learn this for their own life. It's not rocket science.
0: Yeah. And I think that the reason that I love your content too, is that I, as a Montessori teacher, one of the foundations, one of the things that they say all the time is that we're teaching kids how to do things for themselves. Yeah, And that's my same approach with moms is I'm not going to, as much as people joke and say like, can't you just fly to me and declutter it for me? No, I can't because Mm -mm. I wouldn't like that anyway. No, it it wouldn't work. It would, I will
1: never do a done for you service. I I will only do done with you services because Mm -hmm. the point is, is that people can learn this and be like organized and tidy in a way that works uniquely for them because if you just fly to them and do it for them, then it's going to fall apart again in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. So it's a shorter solution or it's a longer solution, but it's one that actually works where you learn how to do it yourself. Yes. I love your content.
1: Yeah. Same here. Same, same. <laughs> You're
0: never going to lie to me. <laughs> never gonna... aid solutions. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> yeah. I have enough. I have enough band aid solutions that I will try to put on myself. Like I don't need other people to do that. agreed i don't want to give other people that either cuz yeah what we do to ourselves
1: oh absolutely yeah and uh i i ha, yeah same i have enough uh personal feelings and things that i can't figure out in life <laughs> yeah. yeah this is the one thing that i i am i know really well
0: yes well, And
1: have under control
0: yes me too yeah and that and it does trickle into every other area of your ho- of of your house of your life
1: yeah yeah that's the thing that i really try to um Drive home. Like the overarching thing is that when you feel safe and supported and in alignment in your own home, it affects how you show up in life everywhere else. Yes. And that is the point.
0: Yes, it does. Well, I can hear my toddlers reeking. Can you hear my
1: dog snoring right here?
0: Is that what that is? (laughs) That's what that is. So cute. (laughs) cute. All
1: right. I'm going to let you go to your toddlers. Can I ask you one last question to wrap things up? Yes. I always ask people this, uh, if you were to give one piece of advice, maybe specifically to mom, since that's your audience, uh, one piece of advice to jump off of the busyness, overwhelm, burnout cycle, just to get them started, not as a solution, like this will solve your problems, but one thing they can do to just get started in the right direction. What would that one thing be? Oh
0: my gosh. Okay. So that's, I'm going to say this answer and it's going to sound ridiculous. But what you said is like just one thing that you can do. Literally, just find one thing you can do. When it comes to decluttering specifically, and moms are overwhelmed, I tell them just find one thing you can declutter. It can be a piece of trash on your counter. It can be an empty water bottle on your nightstand. It can be a pillow on your couch that is old and worn out and you're sick of looking at it. <laughs> like just choose one thing. Cause I think the hardest thing about anything is thinking about it. Like we, we can torture ourselves just thinking about what to do. Mm-hmm. And once you do, once you take that first action step of like throwing away that old notebook, that old pillow, that jacket with a broken button that you're never going to fix that vase that you you mentioned, right? The vase with the crack that you will turn into something beautiful one day, but you still haven't five years later, just take the action on it and let that momentum build. Momentum is built by teeny tiny steps, not by doing big grand things. Yes. Yes yeah, you get your relief by doing the tiniest, simplest, seemingly mundane things. And those turn into big things. So don't underestimate, I guess I can switch it to basically answering your question with the same question <laughs> is, oh my gosh, I forgot what I was going to say. Did you experience <laughs> the the brain fog from COVID too? I still oh, haven't gotten yes. it Yes.
1: Yeah. I know. I'm guys. right there with you. <laughs>
0: I totally forgot what to say. That's okay. Through the whole podcast, you did.
1: <laughs> That's okay. That was a great answer, and I agree wholeheartedly that the hardest part is just getting started. So just do yeah. one one thing, see how it feels, and build momentum. Yes.
0: Yeah. There we go. Oh my gosh, Krista, thank you for being
1: building. here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You're in good company. Yep. I I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: And and thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time.
0: All right, thank you.